Welcome to Fried, the ultimate guide to burnout podcast. If you've ever been burnt out because of your job, your relationship, or just your life, this is the place for you. We will talk all things burnout by sharing deep stories of personal transformation each week with a new guest who vows to share their stories without leaving out the scary bits. This is raw, honest, and brought to you by acupuncturist and burnout coach Kate Denovan, whose own experiences make her determined to change the current burnout culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fried, the ultimate guide to burnout podcast. My guest this week is Kim Porter, and Kim is an award-winning entrepreneur, business, and life coach. She helps guide women on a journey of transformation and self-discovery so they can become who they are truly meant to be. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kaylin. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to have you on because I spent some time reading your story this morning and I thought, okay, she's got some stuff that people are going to relate to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so why don't you tell us what your burnout story is? What happened in your life that led you to believe that burnout was happening and, and how did you get away from it? Yeah. So um, let's see. Okay. So starting back, I, so I've had a, a career in beauty since um, 18 years now. So 18 okay. years ago, started a career in beauty, but it was really part-time. It was um, wedding makeup and, you know, I worked on the weekends. My kids were little. And then about 2012, um, we had two children at the time. My husband started saying, you know, you really need to either get a real job or make this a real job. And so I was like, well, instead of like going to get a real job, I'm going to I'm going to do something. So I, I took a vision and goal setting workshop with my sister online and just didn't really think that much about it. And when I did, um, I was able to create this wonderful business and I, you know, I, at the time I had booked 60 weddings and by the time three years later, I was booking 50 weddings a year. I had a team, I had a makeup studio, my own makeup line. I was doing celebrities and high profile politicians. And it was literally the dream that I had always wanted, but I was striving and I was pushing. And my sister, who's a trained yogi used to say, you know, you need to meditate. You need to slow down. And I would say, I don't have time to slow down. I I'm, you know, running this business and I've got my children and I've, I have no time to stop and meditate. And and so I just kept pushing and striving. And then one day I just kind of looked around and was like, is this all there is? Just kind of constantly pushing myself and moving the goalpost a little bit farther, a little bit farther and never feeling truly happy and centered and fulfilled. And I burnt myself out because I kept striving for something that was outside of myself. And um, I was going for goals that actually didn't align with me. If you would have asked me why I started my own business, I would say, because I love freedom and I want to be able to be creative. And um, instead, I was just working so hard and I wasn't paying attention to my children. I wasn't um, focusing on my relationships. I was just constantly, I, I, I describe it as like being on a fast moving train and not knowing how to stop it mm -hmm. and not knowing how to get off of it. And so... I hit burnout so hard. And then right up at the time that I was like, I can't do this anymore. I found out I was pregnant with our third and surprise bonus baby. Um, so it all just kind of came, you know, at one point. So it was a very intense time. Were you during that time, were you experiencing 
simply the idea that that was like, what am I doing? Or were you also having other sort of physical symptoms? Like, was there anything happening in your body that was telling you that you were burnt out? Or was it more a, oh my God, I can't do this for the rest of my life. What am I going to do? It was both. It was um, complete anxiety. Um, I could not shut my computer down or my phone. I, it was, there was a running joke that if Kim was sitting at a table, her phone was in front of her attached to her because I could not shut it off. And it, and I understand because when you're building a business and you all of a sudden get all the success that you want, you, you love it. It's so much fun. You love what you're doing. But then I started saying yes to things that didn't align with me. And I started pushing myself and what really kind of was the, I guess the breaking point when I found that I was pregnant with our third and surprise baby, I thought I'm not slowing down. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pushing. And I had, um, just a couple weeks later, three photo shoots scheduled in a week. And I, we hadn't told anyone by then. And I, um, was, you know, bringing my makeup kit upstairs and doing all this stuff. And in, and not too long later, um, I had, um, bleeding and cramping. And so I was physically, um, yeah pushing myself to a limit that my body could not handle. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, it was very scary. It was very scary. And, you know, I was able to finish that wedding without the bride ever knowing that I was cramping so hard. By the time I got to the emergency room, I couldn't stand. I was in so much pain. Um, but no one knew it because I just kept pushing. And, and because um, it's a badge of honor to work through these really difficult <laughs> Yes. That's what I did. I made it through a whole wedding without letting the bride know I was cramping. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was terrifying. I thought for sure that we were losing that pregnancy and I had to drive myself to the emergency room. And, um, you know, when you're, you're laying there and you're thinking, what's all this for? If we don't have family and we don't have the ones that we love and what's, what's the point. And so the, that just kept resonating with me. Like, what's the purpose of all of this? And what's the purpose of me being here? Yeah. And so what happened next? So what happened next? Well, I was, uh, I kept hearing the calling. I kept hearing the whispers of, um, you're supposed to be doing something more. There's something more for you there. I would be doing someone's makeup and I would hear it. So there was just this whole, like, you're supposed to be doing something more, but I didn't know what that meant. And I wasn't sure like how that fit in. And I chose to ignore the calling. <laughs> so right after um, our, our baby was born, I signed a lease for a huge makeup studio, a four station beauty bar. And I thought, we'll book 150 weddings a year. I'll have a huge team. And I, I, didn't, learn, I didn't learn my lesson. <laughs> Clearly, I did not learn my lesson. So I went hard with that. And I'm trying to juggle being a new mom because my, my other ones were older. Um, you know, there was like an eight, eight year difference um, between our middle child and our younger child. So, you know, juggling being a new mother again and having our two older ones. And I just, I don't know. I just thought there's two ways I can go with this. I can either make my, my business small again and go back home like I did with my other two, or I can just go big or go home. And I felt this pressure. Like if I walk away from this business that I've worked so hard for, I'm going to become irrelevant. I'm going to be, you know, all this work will be for nothing. And so instead of just relaxing in the moment of being a new mother, I pushed myself and became extremely miserable, uh, depressed. 
financially just strapped. I mean, we had like perfect credit until that, that time when I made that decision. And, um, it just got to the point where I was so tired of striving and struggling that one day I got in my car to go to the grocery store and I was alone in the car and I'm driving down this tree line street. And I just thought, I wish my car would hit a tree and just end it all because I'm, I can't keep going like this. I'm tired and I'm not on the path that I want to be. I knew coaching was part of, I just kept feeling this call to coaching and I just couldn't make sense of it. And it took me a year to share that story of wanting my car to hit a tree because on the outside, my life looked perfect. I mean, I'm in this huge studio. My business is booming. You know, I'm, I can show a very great highlight reel on social media and <laughs> as most of us can. And, uh, so I, um, I went through that and it was deep and it's dark and I didn't understand, but it put me through, it put me on a path of a personal journey and I was able to connect with my true self and what really was my purpose for being here. And so I look back and it was just lessons, but they were not easy lessons to learn. Yeah, no, they're definitely not easy lessons. Um, You wrote, uh, you did a Kim Porter TV episode about this that you titled, are you on your own hero's journey? And for those people listening who do not know what a hero's journey is, um, I'm going to read the initial paragraph from Kim's post but this is also a book by Joseph Campbell and he's sort of introduced the hero's journey, not introduced it that it didn't exist before him, but described it in a way and uh, the way that we talk about it today, especially in the world of life coaching. And Kim wrote, the hero's journey is defined by Wikipedia as a narrative that involves a hero who goes on an adventure and in a decisive crisis wins a victory and then comes home changed or transformed. <laughs> and then you wrote, my own story of transformation is similar. I was coming off of the biggest year in my business and I had accomplished everything I, w- I had wanted. Every box had a check mark, but I didn't feel happy. Instead, I felt burnt out and disillusioned. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. And so you said that you heard the whispers, that there was a calling and that you ignored it and pushed aside anyway. Were you questioning the whispers or were you just ignoring them? No, I was definitely, I was definitely tuning into them. It's hard to miss them when you're doing someone's eyeliner and you're hearing, I'm supposed to be doing something more. (laughs) What in the heck is going on? Am I losing my mind? I just felt like I knew there was something I even knew before I was found out that we were, before I found out we were pregnant with our third, um, I knew that I was being called, I was reading books by Jen Sincero and Gabrielle Bernstein. And I was like, wow, like I want to teach this stuff. I want to help other women who are suffering. But it just, it was one of those things that didn't make sense. I mean, I'm a makeup artist. That's what I'm known for. It's what I've created. Why would I do anything else? And, um, you know, those callings, they're like stepping stones and it's not, your path is not lit. And each one you step on, the path gets a little bit brighter, but at first you're taking a step and you have no idea what you're walking into. Um, but I chose to take that step because I knew that where I was, was not serving me anymore. And to be in that space of burnout and it it wasn't serving my clients or my family. So I chose to see what else was out there. 
Yeah. And you wrote also in this post, I can tell you from my own experience, I felt lost, confused, frustrated, alone, and sometimes even scared because I didn't understand what was happening to me. Now I know these feelings are totally normal and we don't have to go through this alone. This is really important because that combined with what you said before is something that really, really resonates and has, I have heard time and time again while I do these interviews. What you said before was, I'm going to walk away from this thing that I built. I did all this work for nothing. It's going to be a waste. Right? Yes. Combined yes. with, I'm, I'm afraid. I don't know what's in front of me. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what's happening to me. Yes. Who am I if I am not this person? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, who am I if I'm not a wife, a mother, a successful business owner? Absolutely. When we define ourselves by those titles and when we do, we lose who we truly are. What does that mean? I'm a spiritual being and at the deep of the center of my core, all I need is love and compassion and connection with others. All of the other things you want, you know, marriage and kids. We, I mean, obviously we love them, but when we stop connecting with our true self and only defining by our titles, by the labels that are put on us, we lose connection with why we're really put here. Why are you put here? I am put here. I don't think I've ever said this out loud to anyone else to raise the consciousness of the entire planet. Mm. How does one do that? One step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> one step at a time. This sharing my story, you know, is, has been, when I shared the story of my car hitting a tree, I had so many women comment and private message me and say, I feel that way all the time and I don't know how to stop. And they're self-medicating and over drinking and overeating, over shopping um, and so I think I'm here to help people get past the transformation the hard way. Um, I don't think it has to be as hard as I went through it because I went through it alone. I didn't know what I was going through. So I think me helping others go through it is what I'm truly here for. Yeah. So you become the guide. Yes. In the, hero, in the hero's journey, there is always a guide. <laughs> there is always a guide, isn't there? That's awesome. Yes. Right. And so you become the guide. This is very similar to how I feel about my life as well. And for I mean, very similar reasons. Yeah. When you learn something, I feel like we have to teach it. That's the whole part of being here. We learn it and then we teach it. Yeah. And there's, you said being your true self there's people out there that are like, what is she talking about? What does that mean to you? So true self means to me is being able to be quiet in my own mind um, through meditation and through journaling, through mindfulness. Um, when I was at my busiest with my business and my sister was saying, you need to meditate. And I was thinking, that's crazy. I don't have time to do that. Now I know that's what I should have been doing the whole time because my mind would never stop and I never got any peace. And so now I've figured out through meditation how to get some peace and some quiet. And then I can actually hear what it is that I truly want. And, you know, I can tell you it's not working every single weekend and missing every soccer game and, um, you know, being away at dinner time. So when now I know when opportunities present themselves, whether they align with 
the true me, the big self, you know, with the big S or the mm-hmm. little self that's more ego based that keeps me uh, pushing and striving because of, I don't know, society, what other people think of me. So mm-hmm. when I've been go- able to tap into. Yeah. Yeah. When you are in alignment, how do you know? Peace. Mm-hmm. It feels like it feels like peace. And to be perfectly honest, you know, I am still, I am building a coaching business. I'm still doing makeup. And so I can get out of alignment very quickly. I have three children aging range of 14 to three. <laughs> I get out of alignment all the time. Well, that's but important. Finding it. Yeah. This, this is really important. And this is something that I talk about a lot is the concept of balance, right? We expect sort of balance to look like someone on a tightrope, but it's not someone on a tightrope. It's a big, big, big wide road. And sometimes you're on the left of it and sometimes you're on the right of it. But if you can bring yourself back to center without too much struggle, then you're doing okay. And it's the same with alignment and it's the same with mindfulness and it's the same with meditation and it's the same with everything else. I think one of the missing pieces of the people that are sharing their stories and on Instagram and Facebook and all of these places is that they're not telling us that they're ever out, you know, yes. Yes. they're always in the middle. Like they found the secret and now they're there. Like, yes, <laughs> I've been, <laughs> I've been working through burnout on, on a level, uh, like a spiritual level and a research level. I've read most of the scientific research on burnout. So on an academic level, on a spiritual level, on a physical level, I've been doing this for well over a year. In using the word burnout, I before that I had been doing it for years anyway. I just didn't know because I wasn't using that word. And I'm still figuring it out. But now I don't feel victimized by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's a practice. I think that's what people don't understand. It's a mindfulness practice and alignment being in alignment is a practice. We're always going to have to adjust ourselves. Right. And if something is a practice, then we should use a coach because everything that requires practice has a damn coach. Oh my God. Yes. True. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. I, but it's, I, you know, I didn't even know that there were coaches out there that worked on transformation and self-discovery. Um, I did it all on my own and it's a lonely place to be. And so when I'm able to coach women now and help them through their feelings and um, navigate these kind of like murky waters of like, I know that there's a deeper self and a, a higher purpose, but I don't know exactly what that looks like. I, like you said, I'm exactly, it's, I'm a guide and I'm just helping them through it so that it doesn't have to be as painful. And, it, and it, but it is still, even with help, what I found is it's still quite scary because shedding your old skin, yes, you know, breaking open that shell and climbing out of it, being the person you were and the person you're becoming, because I, what I find, I'm just going to be super blunt about this. What I find is often when you are transforming into the new thing, the new thing is more based, based on the people that I've been talking to on a spiritual path in some way, shape or form, which is in some way, shape or form less quote unquote serious by society standards. So Mm -hmm. I'm having people go from lawyer to life coach or from 
from Dr. Tadula, from, you know, da 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 And because that ego layer is so wrapped up in those identities, when we shed them, it's scary to think about who's going to judge us, how they're going to judge us, how we're judging ourselves. And can we take ourselves seriously as this new person? Yes. Yeah. And, and society doesn't put as much um, emphasis on, I mean, I, I, I'm the same, like I hear a life coach and you kind of roll your eyes and you're like, what the heck is a life coach? You know, so I've had to find a different term and mine is transformational um, because life coaching is so broad. But when you're on a journey like that, it's work. It's completely, you're working on yourself. This is not easy. It will not be done in a day. You will work on yourself your entire lifetime. But I would rather be working and awake than not working and living unconsciously. Yes, I absolutely agree. Now that I've gotten to this point. Right. Yeah. But it takes a while. It takes a a while because it's scary to let go of those things that make you, quote unquote, valued and important. Yeah. And I wish it wouldn't, you know, I feel like a lot of us who've gone through it have had to hit burnout or have had something serious, a car accident or something that woke you up. And I, I want this gentle, like, um, flow of people waking up without having something super, um, traumatic or dramatic happen to them. Um, that I think that's what I'm here for is just to teach in a way that people can hear it. Hear it in a, in a place where they are, when they're hearing those initial whispers before they invest in that building with four station, four makeup stations and 150 <laughs> clients a year and, 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 because it's not that you didn't hear it. No, that I was it. not the, <laughs> right. That was yeah. not the problem. The problem no. was that you didn't listen. So the question is, is there a way to help people listen before it becomes that big thing? Because there's always a million little things that happen before the big thing. Yes. And my husband, I, you know, at the time I'm asking everyone, like, should I do this? You know, and it was kind of one of those, the idea was presented to me. Um, and you know, like, Hey, we have this space. We'd love for you to come. And I, I wish someone had said, you know, financially, how do you feel about it? Or this, that the, the question would have been, are you doing this out of fear or are you doing this out of love? Because yeah. I was, doing it out of fear of if I don't do this, I'll become irrelevant and all this work will be for nothing. So if someone had said, are you doing this from the love? Like, what are you really passionate and your purpose? It would not have been a four station beauty bar, 150 weddings a year. Right. And this is the, the fear versus love is what Gabby Bernstein writes in all of her books. Right. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, her work is so spiritual that I have a hard time really like like sometimes you don't have to think about it. I'm like, wait, hold on a second. So her work is really spiritual based where like Jensen Cheryl, I felt like her stuff spoke to me first. Like she's cursing, like it sounds like, you know, regular talk. So it really resonated with me. So I'm trying to find that medium between being able to speak spiritually without having it be something that people can't understand. Like you said, until they go through that event yeah. or events. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and something else that you said earlier, I think is a good guiding post that you said that when I said, you know, how do you know that you're in alignment? And you said peace. 
And just now you said, you know, if you had to choose, is it fear or is it love? And that place of calm, that place of peace, I also believe is where our intuition lies. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to listen to in that place. And one of the things that I've answered so many times on Instagram posts of people asking, yeah, but how do I know if it's my intuition Oh, I think I commented what intuition and emotions are not the same thing. And somebody wrote back, well, what do you mean? It's not the same thing. How do you differentiate them? And well, intuition feels like peace. Intuition mm-hmm. feels like knowing. It does not feel like fear or excitement even. It yes. just feels like knowing. Yeah. It's calm. Yeah, and it's, it, it's, I, you know, I'm working on getting that intuition because what I've, what I've discovered about myself, the fear-based belief, is that I, I didn't trust myself for a long time after that. Um, when I was able to move out of the big studio and into a studio that was more my size, um, I still didn't trust myself because I had never made a decision like that before. I've never, I had never felt failure before. Um, and that was a hard thing to get through. Failure is it seeps into everything and and all of your beliefs. And so that has been a work in progress of like tuning into the intuition so that, you know, the next time you make a big decision that you're doing it in a space that actually really aligns with you and you can only tune it by getting quiet and listening. Um, You can't do it by filling with your head with so much, much information and um, social media and news. You have to actually start to listen to yourself. Yeah. And practice listening and making decisions based on it so that you can see the value in that. I've had teachers in the past tell me to um, use my intuition to choose which grape I'm going to eat next. And I thought she was (gasps) crazy at the time. (laughs) I I was like, really? I just am going to take, I'm just going to pick it off the thing. Like, I don't, what, why, what are we talking about here? Isn't that so simple, but it's so it's so true. Oh my gosh. I never even thought about that, but I do the same thing. I'll go, Oh, I want to eat this today. And then my other mind will go, Oh no, no, no you want this. And I'm like, I'm going to listen the first time. Yeah. Or like, you know, you go and you're like thinking I should bring a charger today and you're like, Oh no, I don't need it. And then you realize you, and you needed it. I listen to that voice so much now and I kick myself when I don't. Yeah. And But the thing is, you can't make those big decisions about whether or not you're going to open this grand studio or whether you're going to close this grand studio. You can't make them based in intuition if you're not practicing these mini things on a daily basis. Like you should not be, don't start meditating this week and then make this grand intuitive gesture on Friday. Yeah. No, it's as simple as picking, oh my gosh, the, the great thing is that's so genius. It is it is that simple, but it is that much, it's that much harder because you have to work on it. And it's constantly tuning in, tuning in, tuning in. And trusting yourself and trusting those decisions so that when you mm-hmm. come to a bigger one, it's not such a fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You trust yourself. And, and honestly, like working on trusting myself has been one of the hardest things to get past because I'm used to winning. I'm used to having success. And when I didn't, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I can ever make a big decision ever again, but I'm, I'm going to do the great thing now. I'm not even going to do the sandwich thing anymore. I'm going to do the great thing. Yeah. So genius. I love Start with grapes, man. (laughs) (laughs) If you hate grapes, you can pick another fruit. I won't be mad. 
I know, right, exactly. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> well, and when she said that to me, I was just I just kind of looked at her and I similarly have been very accustomed to success. I was good at school. I finished close to the top of my class. I got into the college that I wanted. I almost got a full academic scholarship. I chose a, the correct, quote unquote, the correct career path. I moved to a foreign country. I started a business in a foreign country. I was very successful. I moved to another foreign country and started a business there and was successful there too. Meanwhile, I learned how to speak both the languages. Like you said, the highlight reel. Yes. <laughs> It's good. The highlight reel is good. Yeah. Right. So it's scary to step off and say, but wait, are these, have these been, they, they have been the right decisions for all sorts of different reasons because they led me to where I am now. But am I going to continue to make decisions from the place that I made those decisions? No. Yes. Right. And what sometimes I think when you're choosing those things absolutely matter. The success that I have has been able to catapult me and the, the failure that I think the thing that I define as a failure, which it shouldn't be, it should be a lesson is what got me to where literally, literally where I am right now, because people want to hear the story of my failure. So I didn't go through it for nothing. Um, I wish it hadn't you know, been so painful and cost so much, but, um, but it is just a lesson and it's what catapulted me into this space that I'm at now. So if we can frame, you know, reframe things in that way, we can see them as lessons and not beat ourselves up so much, but it does take practice. Yeah. Well, and this is something that I talk about a lot because I don't, I do not subscribe to, and this is sort of anti everything, everyone else in the spiritual world, I feel like, but I don't really subscribe to everything happens for a reason. I think things happen. We attribute reason to them afterwards. Mm -hmm. We reframe mm -hmm. them in order to make them make sense in the context of our lives. They force us to think about things. I do think that there are a million little signs and symptoms along the way to guide you to where you're needing to go. So you can use these big things to shift you in that way. But lots of people have lots of big things that happen that don't shift in this way and they don't have to and that doesn't make it wrong or worse or whatever. It's just, I feel like our job, my job in life is to continue to learn and to grow. And if I do not take that lesson of failure, disappointment, difficulty, trauma, whatever it happens to be, and reframe it for myself to have a positive impact on my life, then I'm choosing to let it have a negative impact on my life. And that's where I feel like the trick lies. Am I a creator? Or am I a victim? Oh my gosh, yes. I've just been putting, yeah. Are you the creator of your own reality or are you a victim of circumstance? I've been writing that in my journal for like three days. That's so funny you said that <laughs> because it's true. It's like, am I the creator? I did create that. I created that and I created it based out of a fear that I was, um, that I wasn't going to be relevant anymore. And what would people say if I just went back home and made my business small again for a little while? So I, I created that. I absolutely created that. Um, Right. But what I wouldn't, I don't like people to say is, you know, they created their fertility issues. They created their cancer. Yes. Like I, th I think that that's bullshit. So I avoid, yeah. I avoid being in that place where like everything happens for a reason, like shit happens, right? Shit happens yeah. to us shit and happens we, all the time <laughs> and we have to choose whether our reaction to us will make us a creator or a victim. 
Yeah, no, you're totally, I mean, because that is such a hard part of the law of attraction is like, would somebody, would a toddler, you know, want cancer? No, absolutely not. And what you're saying is right. You're, you're handed things in life and are you the creator of your own reality or are you going to be the victim of circumstance or be the victim of something out of your control? And it is a mindset. It's, we choose, we choose it. Yeah. We choose how we deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to pick a pot, the pick a pot. That was such a Boston thing. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I like to pick apart the law of attraction a little bit because what the law of attraction says is that we're creating our realities, right? The energy that we're putting out is the energy that we're seeing. But what no one is talking about and what really frustrates me is that all of us are putting out energy all the time that is creating the world that we're living in together. And our energies will affect each other. So you are creating things in your life, yes, but there are also other people's energies are influencing your life. Because you can't, I don't care how many boundaries you think that you can, you know, bubble yourself in. Energy <laughs> is energy is energy. Right? It flows different ways. Like the, I just did, uh, I did a podcast episode with Mindy Kniss, who has done a PhD in heart intelligence. And she was saying that right now they can measure the frequency that's emitted from your heart up to eight to 10 feet outside your body, right? So you're going to oh tell me that gosh. other people are not influencing you. So yes, the law of attraction matters. And yes, you should try to reframe your situations because it makes it nicer for you. Yes. <laughs> because right. it just makes it nicer for you. But there are a million different energies that are around you all the time and you are not, I'm sorry, but you are not powerful to control all of them. Powerful no. enough to control all of them. And isn't it true that when you start on this spiritual journey and you realize, you, like, you kind of want to put yourself in bubble wrap and you want to cocoon yourself. Yeah. And I know I did cocoon myself for a long time because that's how I was able to process. Yeah. But then you have to come out and live your life and get around other people. And so you, you cannot just meditate for hours and hours on end. Like we're here to live. And so that's about finding out how to make it work in your life and yeah. how to find that. Not that we have to be balanced, but we find a more balance for us. Yeah. Well, and this is, you know, making it work for your life. That's making it work for life in general. I tell yes. clients and patients all the time, if you were alone on the top of a mountain meditating for seven years, then yes, I would expect you to be in control of all of your reactions and everything that happens to you and always be able to sort of get to a middle ground very, very quickly. But when you're in everyday life, like you're supposed to be mad sometimes. You're, things, are, things happen and you should react to them. Like, a norm, like you should not get a diagnosis that is scary and go home and say, it's okay, I'll find a silver lining. Like, no, hold yes. on, yeah. react. Like, yeah. life is happening. And being able to spiritually bypass it and just say, everything's fine, everything's fine, this is the way it's supposed to be, things are meant to be, I think is a cop-out. The practice is in the practice. The work is in the practice. And we have to always be in that mode of, okay, this is what it feels like. This is what happened. What's next? Yes. Yes. And having the intention of this is my life and I'm the creator. And so like when the morning I'm, I'm like, I want to be calm, connected and fun. Those are my three words yes. that I use all the time. Calm, connected and fun. And if I'm not, how do I get back 
to that space. Because like you said, negative emotion is not bad. It's just a, it's just a guide of like, okay, I'm feeling negative. That can either mean it's a trigger for me. Something's coming up from my past experiences that something is affecting me or somebody, like you said, like something really shitty happened and you're having negative emotion. You still have the, um, you're still the person that needs to process it and choose how you want to feel. Right. And processing emotions does take time and effort. Yes, it does. Yes. I mean, I, you know, having a toddler at home who is, you know, it's like a toddler. Yeah. A toddler, like bossy, you know, I'm like, I don't know if you have a perfect toddler at home who just does everything you want, then, you know, that's awesome for you, but I do not. (laughs) And she's a little bit driving me crazy. And so I'm like having days where I'm like, I feel like the worst mother ever because I just, I love my work and I love to read books and like learn things. And she is literally like yesterday. It was like play with me for 20 minutes, hide and go seek for 20 minutes. And then when I was like, okay, it's time to stop and do something else. She grabbed onto my leg and was like, no. And so, like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm having to deal with so much, you know, just like feelings and emotions, but you know, I, I don't know. It's just part of life. Like you can't yeah. bubble yourself up and not, live. You're supposed to live. (laughs) Yeah. So you practice getting back into alignment and you practice mindfulness and you practice meditating and you practice just being human. Yeah. Because that's the beauty of it. That's life. It's the, it's the good parts and the not so great parts. We love it all. Yeah. So you decided after the quote unquote failure, which we have now officially reframed, I think, in the context of this. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) you, You went from this, you know, quote unquote failure and to downsizing and shifting into doing coaching. How, how did how did that happen? So I've been teaching makeup artists since 2012. So before I even had the success, I was I've been teaching and coaching and mentoring. Um, so and and actually before I even got into makeup, you know, 18 years ago, I was taking college classes to become a teacher. So I think teaching mm-hmm. is kind of just in my blood. It's what I'm doing. So um, I knew that I was going to be coaching, but I thought I'd be coaching makeup artists. I thought that I would be coaching people in the beauty industry. But what happened when I shared my story, especially the one about my car hitting a tree, I realized that there are women who are um, on the outside, extremely successful, or, you know, have the perfect life who are really dying inside. And they're struggling. And so I started to just speak on that and speak on, you know, how to be a mother and be mindful and how to um, find happiness and peace. And so when I started doing that, I started, you know, getting clients that were coming to me. Um, A lot of the women I'm working with are going through a transition. They've either gone through a major life event, uh, event or a major surgery or something um, that has gotten them to a place that they don't know how to get out of. And, but also on that, they're also business owners. So I'm able to help them with the transition of the life coaching and also the business coaching and how to, um, kind of build their own platform and become a personal brand and a thought leader. Right. And so now what are your days look like? So I still, so so yesterday looked like me having a meltdown with a three-year-old <laughs> and driving the teenager around. Um, I work Tuesdays and Thursdays in my studio. So I'm either doing makeup appointments or makeup lessons or co- like today I have this and then I have a coaching session and then I have a phone consultation. 
and then I have a wedding this Saturday. So I'm right now blending both the businesses. Um, and so it's like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then I'm home. I'm still home a lot and it's summertime. So I'm home a lot with the kids and I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, but the, the future me looks like, uh, coaching, high level coaching and, um, you know, maybe it's not a studio. Maybe it's not a makeup artistry career anymore. I'm still trying to figure that out, but I'm also not pushing it because I just want it to kind of, I want to be guided. I don't want to, you know, I just want to be guided into it and not try to make any decisions from where I'm at. Right. Right. So you want to be guided into it from that. I understand um, intuitively and universally. Yeah, I, this word flow keeps coming up for me. I just want to be in this space of flow and not pushing and striving anymore, which is hard for me. I'm hardwired to push and strive and be successful. Um, so I'm just kind of like setting back and like seeing where things go. I love that. It's been fun. That. Yeah, that is fun. <laughs> yeah. Kim, if there's somebody listening to this today and they're saying, oh my God, that girl is me. What do you think the first thing that they should do is? The first thing that I would do would be, I would tell them to, I have a, a workbook. And so I'm trying to figure out which part of the workbook I would say. I would say the vision part is the most important to me. So this, the workbook's on my website and it goes through the vision and your 10 year vision for your life. And now that I'm 40, I kind of work on more of a five year vision because I'm, <laughs> I don't want to wait 10 years. Um, but when I did this, you know, in 2012, it only took three years to get everything that I wanted. So, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it'll take 10 years. Um, and start with a vision of how you want your life to look because we cannot create the life that we want from where we're at right now. We have to like expand our mind and let ourselves go to this place of if my life was exactly how I want it to be, money was no issue what would that look and feel like? And then we bring those feelings into our everyday lives. So it feels like freedom and abundance and fun and creativity. And so every day I try to bring that into my life. Um, even if it's just standing in the kitchen, making lunches during the school year and putting on music, you know, whatever I can do to bring those feelings in. And so that's where I like my clients to focus. The first, the very first thing we work on is what do you really want and what do you want your life to look like? Well, that is a beautiful exercise, and I will be sure to make sure that there is a link to that in the show notes. Kim, I think the most important part of this conversation is recognizing that the hero's journey is a thing, and we all have trials and tribulations, and how we react to them is creates the rest of our lives. So whether we are 20, 40, 60, or older, we still have time to create the life that feels more in alignment with maybe the one that we have right now. And like you said, it starts with the vision. So I'll be sure to include a link to your workbook in the show notes. And I will just take a moment now to express my gratitude for everything that you shared with us today. I know that some of the stories are really deep. And, you know, you said you've shared them before, but still speaking them aloud, you know, it helps other people. So I appreciate you digging in and being able to do that here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody, that sums up another episode of Fried, the ultimate guide to burnout podcast with Kim Porter. I will put all of Kim's information in the show notes. So you will have, you'll be able to connect with her everywhere that she is. Until next time.